Welcome to Focused on Forward. The purpose of this podcast is to focus on recovery from life situations, be it a disease, chronic or acute, perhaps the loss of someone so dear to you in death, or a change of life patterns that has affected you so profoundly that you have no choice but to find your new normal and become focused on moving forward. Each episode is designed to show the positivity that people bring to each and every one of their stories, the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories, and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Focused on Forward. Today, I'm very happy to have as my guest, Domo Jones. Domo has, well, she's got some interesting things to tell us about her story, uh, the obstacles in life that she's had to deal with, some challenges that she's had to deal with. But what we're most excited to hear about is how she's gotten past these challenges in life, how she works with those challenges, and even more so, how she's focused on being positive in the process. So Domo, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you on Focused on Forward today. Yes, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you again for the invitation. So excited to be here. Awesome. So, hey, whenever you're ready, go ahead and start. uh, Go ahead and share your story with us. Yes, sir. Let's get into it. All right. So, uh, as you said, my name is Domo, but my actual name is Dominique. People don't know how to ever say that. So we're going to say Domo for short. Um, It's a little bit about me. Uh, I'm 32. I'm disabled. Um, well, so they say I'm disabled. I don't think I'm disabled at all, but they say I'm disabled. All right, I'm gonna give you that title, but I'm gonna tell you why I don't think I'm disabled. And I will tell you how I grew up um, as that label. So at age two, I um, was a severe asthmatic um, and severe meaning like going to the, I spent, I spent days and weeks at the doctor Um, because my asthma was just, it was hard to maintain. Um, It was hard to maintain and contain. So at age two, severe asthmatic. Age three, I had Bell's palsy. Um, And for those that don't know what Bell's palsy is, it's pretty much the left side of your face. It just droops. Like you have no feeling. Um, You have no motion. You have no anything. It just loses its form. Um, That started at three didn't even know where it came from, woke up in the morning and it was just there. Um, went to the doctor, they said, yeah, your face is probably never going to come back into its configuration because your muscles can't ever go back to its form when it's already drooped, when it's lost its form. So um, my mom was like, yeah, no, not taking that. Definitely not taking that diagnosis. So um, with no medication, no treatments, no anything, I just, my for, my face formed back to its original form. And I was so grateful because I'm like, man, I, at the time I was three, so I didn't really know. But hearing it as I got older, I was like, man, how would it be if my face was, you know, configured and it just came out of nowhere? Right. You're appreciative now. Extremely appreciative. Um, moving forward to age nine, that's when pretty much everything kind of like hit. Um, nine years old, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor and how that came about was I was visiting my dad for the weekend and he kind of noticed little, little situations that were just kind of like uncertain, um, in a sense of my, 
um, my right side was drooping. I was like, everything I was doing, I was reaching over with my left hand to do grab, close the door. I was not using my right hand like at all. Um, I was dragging when I would walk. Um, I would drink and it would like come down the side of my face on the right side of my face. Um, I, my right eye would kind of like droop a little, a little smaller than my left. Um, and this is kind of what took it for my dad to know something wasn't right. He was calling me, calling my name, calling my name, didn't answer. Now y'all know when parents call kids, they like, uh, I'm gonna need you to answer me. Don't act like you're ignoring me. But in this sense, I really did not hear him. And so that was a trigger like, yo, okay, what's going on here? Why, why can't she not hear me? And I'm tapping her and she can't even feel me touching her. I'm literally poking her with a pin and, and she has her eyes closed and she can't even tell that I'm doing that. What's going on? When her doctor found out that I had a brain tumor, it was pressing against my nerve spine that caused my deafness, partial blindness, um, permanent nerve damage, um, my equilibrium. That's why I was like, you know, my balance was off and, you know, all that stuff. So had the surgery. Um, they told me that I probably wasn't going to live. And if I did, then I would be paralyzed from the neck down. Now, come, you can't give me that information and just say, okay, keep it pushing. Nah, no, we're not doing that. I'm a fighter. I am a fighter. And I didn't know I was a fighter until I had to fight. Um, definitely did not happen. I had my hearing. It is a little distorted, but I, I can still hear. Um, my vision came back. I do have permanent nerve damage, but I'm still alive. And they said that I wasn't. So they did say that um, five years later, it was going to grow back. And it did in retrospect, which is okay. Um, at that time I was 14 and I was on my way uh, while I was getting ready for school and I could not get out the bed for like three, four days. And um, during that time, I was like so dizzy. I was vomiting. Um, my balance was off. I just could not lift my head up. Went to the doctor, they told me that it grew back. And um, they told me that I would have to have emergency surgery again had it um but they said that it will grow back again for the third time every five years so now at this time i'm 16 so that's only two years why is my tumor growing back again and i'm trying to figure this out like i'm confused i'm like i thought i had a five-year grace period it's getting knocked off in two years what's going on um, my tumor was growing back and literally, so they said that you can't have surgery in the same spot more than twice. So the surgeries was not an option anymore. What's my next option? Radiation. So had to have radiation. I started radiation the day after my sweet 16th birthday, literally the day after. Um, I did it. I did radiation for five weeks, five days a week. And um, that was probably the most traumatic experience 
I would say ever. The reason being is because it makes you so exhausted. And I was 16. And so I had to drop out of school for a semester because I was so tired. I didn't have any strength to do anything. Yeah, there's no um, way you'd have been able to maintain that and school. No. All like not at all. Um, so that took that took the wind out of me. Okay, got over that hump. I'm 16. Let's go. Let's do this in school. Boom, boom. Hit with a gun puncher again. 21 years old. Yeah, your tumor is going back. I cannot win for losing, guys. I'm like, what is it? What is it? So can't do radiation again. Can't do surgery again. What is my other option? Chemotherapy. Now, at first, I was like, I'm 21 years old, about to do this chemotherapy. I, you, we all, we all know when you hear chemotherapy, you think sickness, you think death, you think your hair about to fall out, you think scrawny, you think all that, right? Yeah, a lot so of that, a lot of bad images come into people's heads as soon as they hear chemo and or radiation, frankly. Exactly, so true. So I was very nervous. Um, but they, you know, they kind of affirmed me that because it hasn't grown back to its capacity, um, I won't have to do like the the extreme dosage. So I was at my, I was at the very, the very first level of dosage, but I was at the highest dosage of that level. So um, they explained to me, you know, my doctor explained to me what was going on, what I would have to do. Um, every two weeks, I would have to have chemotherapy and we're going to do it for the first year. All right, cool. Trial and error. So I'm listening and he was like, you have any questions? I said, yeah. Is my hair going to fall out? Like, that's all I really care about. I don't care about what y'all talking about. I just want to know if my hair's going to fall out because it took me a long time to grow this out. <laughs> that's all. That's that's it. Hey, priorities, right? <laughs> priorities. He was like, that's all you care. I said, yeah, I don't care about that. Listen, I've been through so much other stuff. So this, to me, in my mindset, it's just like, this is another day. So just a, just another thing to do. It's another check. It's a check off off the list. Boom. There you go. Okay. List. So went through chemo. Uh, first year. First year was horrible for me because I was not only doing the injections, but I was also doing the, sh the pills. Um, and that was every two weeks. So I couldn't drive. Um, I had to drop out of college. Um, I couldn't work because that was literally my life. My life was chemotherapy, sleep and lab work and in that routine that was that was it for the first year ended up doing chemo for six years um a total of 185 treatments and i'm so grateful that my skin never changed i never like lost an extreme amount of weight my hair never fell out and that y'all know i already said that was the most important thing to me right <laughs> so so you, you never had an issue like i talked with some people who've had chemo and they they talk about uh skin irritation they talk about um like, like a rash that develops you never had any either of those issues oh the only thing that i had that was a symptom of theirs um of the like a typical chemo symptom was the metal tasting of the mouth okay yeah i've heard of, i've heard that being yeah. discussed as well 
Yeah, that metal, yeah, that that's horrible. When you're just like eating an orange and you're like, why do I taste metal? So yeah. everything like metal. Yeah, a good friend of mine, uh, um, as a matter of fact, I interviewed her a while back. Her name is Patty Shaw. She had she's a breast cancer survivor. And she talks about that same uh same you know, yeah. the the metal taste and trying to get over that and it just kind of she says, well, it was convenient because she wasn't hungry for much anyway at that point. Cause you know. Yeah. Yes, because you're so you're so physically exhausted, you don't feel like eating anyway. So it's just like whatever you eat, you're not even gonna want it anyway because one, you're not hungry, and two, it tastes like metal. So you don't even know what you eat, and you really don't even care. I just want to sleep. Right. Yeah. So uh, she just, Yeah, she voiced a similar opinion. So yeah, that that metal is is no joke. It's no joke. Um yeah, so did did chemo for six years. I was very grateful that the last two years, um, it was across the street from my house. So I was able to drive myself. Um, I, now, let me tell you a story. <laughs> let me tell you a story about the time that I tried to be a, be a strong survivor. Okay. And I thought I was able to drive right after I, I did my chemo session. And that was an epic fail because I almost cracked. <laughs> so many times I didn't realize how quick it hits you the exhaustion hits you like a ton of bricks and I had like at least a 30 minute drive and within 10 minutes that thing hit me I had to pull over it yeah never and so I was so glad that it was across the street and the 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 bad part is because I'm so independent I was struggling for four years because I'm like, I have to sit in this passenger seat for four years, which I want to be in that driver's seat. I just, let me just be great, guys. I already got to do this chemo. Let me just be great and drive myself. So I was very grateful the last two years <laughs> that I was able to write, listen, five minutes. I don't care. As long as I was in that driver's seat. Hey, it's a five minute win five minute win so uh, moving forward did, did it for six years I was very grateful that I came out of it um strong and I came out of it beating the odds of what people typically think um how chemo patients should look that was a dope thing I think for me that was like the dopest thing um to be going through chemotherapy and people not believing you until you have that that wristband and you're coming out of the actual room and you're still smiling like, hey y'all, hey. And they're like, but you just had a whole hour of chemotherapy. I sure did. I sure did. Do not let the disability fool you. <laughs> I sure did. Um, so um, as I said earlier, I have um, permanent muscle per, permanent nerve damage and I have muscle weakness so that causes me not to feel on my right side sometimes so for about 16 years I do have my license but for about 16 years I wasn't able to drive with my shoe on because I couldn't feel the bottom of my foot um so I just kind of like I was tired of going in and out of the car taking off my shoe putting it back on take I was I was so tired of it so literally one day I just kind of like stepped out on faith and was like, you know what? I'm just about to see how far I can drive with my shoe off. Let me just see how it feels 
I mean, with my shoe on, I'm sorry. Let me just see how it feels. Let me just, let's just try it out. Um, and I was around the corner from my house, literally like two minutes and I did it. And I was so excited. Like, I felt like that was like the biggest gift of life because I went from 16 years of not being able to drive with my shoe on ever. So from going from 16 years of not to going from two minutes of doing it, that was like the biggest accomplishment for me. Um, and I can well, say I can today, imagine. Yeah. Man, I, and I still don't drive with my shoe. I still drive with my shoe on now to this day. So I'm very grateful for that. Like I'm, that's like the biggest, the biggest cheer ever. Well, see, and I, um, now I know that you're in a warmer climate than I am. So, uh, I know that you're out in the West coast, I'm in Michigan. And so, yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're, we're fixing to have winter here, uh, pretty soon. And all I can imagine is taking off a snow boot, putting on a snow boot, taking Man. off a snow boot, you know, and socks. Cause I couldn't drive with socks either. Oh, socks too. Yes. Oh, you had to go barefoot. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, that'd be horrible here in Michigan, man. The struggle would be real. Yes. So imagine, I mean, you guys climbing is way worse. But when we would have like raining days and sometimes it would snow out here a few days, the word I probably wouldn't drive a lot of times because of that that reason. It was a struggle. Trying to put on your shoe. Aaron would no. Oh no, 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 no. And the side, yes, that it it was no joke. The, right. behind, the behind the scenes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um so I kind of felt like going through my life I kind of felt like um I didn't really have a life in a sense of I felt like I all I did was was doctor's appointments and medical that's that was it I didn't really have like a life to tell I didn't really have like a life to live because Every time I tried to, I would get hit by something medically challenging. That that would overtake whatever I was doing. So, um, before my grandpa passed, he was like, "You need to write a book," and I was like, mm, "No, I'll pass. What am I gonna write about? I have nothing to tell. Try again." And he um, he was like, "Yeah, you have so much to tell. Um, please write the book." So eight years later, because I definitely didn't feel like I, I could write the book or should. So it took me eight years. And I finally put the pen to the paper and I started writing. And um, the beginning of this year, actually in March, I self-published my first book. And I was super excited about that. because I'm like, oh, my gosh, guys, I really did it. Like, I like. Like, guys, I really wrote a book, like a whole book. Look, I did the thing. I did the thing. Right. I did it. I did it. So after that, everybody was like, so when you write your next, I said, hold on. Wait a minute. I literally just finished this one. Took me eight years to get this one. Right. Ain't no next. No, it's this. And that's it. Don't No, we're not talking about the next. The next is not doing this no more. That's the next. Okay. So let's talk about your book. Uh, what's the focus of your book? What's it about? Yes. Um, so pretty much the synopsis of kind of what I told you about my life um, is in the book. It's an autobiography, but it takes you through the journey of 
what I felt going through each of the processes because because of myself growing up dealing with so many medical issues um I didn't feel I didn't allow myself to feel because I had to go through so much it was just literally like this is the day that I just have to go through a checklist let's get it but I never took the time to break down how I felt going through it or what it looked like in my view so this book just kind of gives it a breakdown of me even realizing I was going through a depression um I was sad. I was irritated. I was frustrated. I didn't have any of those feelings. If you saw me face to face, I was as happy as happy and go lucky as they come. But deep down, I was eating my life away. I was 350 pounds at 17. Um, just depressed. Didn't want to kill myself. But if I didn't wake up in the morning, I was okay. Because nothing else was able to take me out. Okay. So, um, and then it, um, I'm going to tell you guys this, the book is not a typical read or a typical write in the sense of it's not like, yes, and I said, and you know, it's literally how I'm talking. I got hashtags in there. I got girl, please. I got girl, let me tell you something. I got stuff like, I got laughing. I got jokes. So it's, it's you on paper. It's literally me on paper. Well, you know what? I, in a lot of ways, I think that's a very good thing. I think, uh, you know, whether you're, you're writing or you're publishing or you're podcasting, for instance, um, I think it's very important that people get to see who you are and, and what you are, um, you know, to be, to, to be part of that. Yes. Very true. Very true. You know, because yes, people, but... people read through a, a, a thinned veil pretty quickly. You know what I mean? Right. So if you're not, if you're not coming with it and you're not being real, people are going to know it's, it's going to be plainly they're obvious. They're definitely, definitely going to know. Um, so I definitely want to be as real as possible. And I didn't want it to be edited to where it was perfection because I'm not perfect. Fair enough. And- share it as perfection i want to share it as this is my real life no this is really what i'm dealing with this is really who i am okay so let's talk a little bit about your process and how you moved past some of these things because that's that's what our show is about we we so we 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 talk about the issues that people come through uh in life but we also like to hear how they came through it so what are some of the things that helped domo jones get from the point of having these issues to being the uh the smiley faced publisher of a book yes sir so um pretty much um my faith plays a really big role um that's like my number one source because i deal with so much um i know for a fact i would be literally mentally losing my mind okay fair enough like substance of faith um but what what got me through and what's getting me through is people come up to me all the time um, and have told me, man, what you're dealing with has, has literally like stopped me from committing suicide or has stopped me from, you know, just wanting to take my life because of your story. And so even with that, I just come to the realization that what I go through is not for me. So if I have that mindset of what you're dealing with is not for you, 
it's easier to go through. It's easier to process because you realize that someone is relying on your life, your push through, your get through to help them conquer anything. Okay. So you feel um, almost as if it's a life of service to someone else? Yes, definitely so. Definitely so. Um, I feel like my, I feel like first that my life is everybody first everybody can't live the life and everybody can't do what i what i deal with right um it's it's taxing just like for the next person i probably wouldn't be able to deal with um the issues that they do and that's okay but because i have this life what i'm going to do with it i'm going to treasure it and i'm going to live it live with it at, to the best of my ability and my limitations are not going to stop me from doing what I um, have dreams about, what I value, what I love, what I honor. Um, yes, I have a physical disability. I use a walker. I have a leg brace. But guess what? I still travel. I go skydiving. I go everywhere. Wherever I want to do, whatever I want to go, I do it because I have my limitations but it's just altered to my life. It don't stop me from doing it. It just, I'm just got to do it my way. That's all. Just got to do it my way. No, that's good. I, I've heard it said before that uh, limitations are things that are placed on you by other people. And right. so, uh, you know, if, and with, when you're working inside of what they deem to be limitations, uh, that puts limits on you. Yes. Yes, I live by this motto. Actually, um, it's one of my businesses. Um, I have an online store that promotes my motto, don't let the disability fool you. And I use that tagline so much because people can look at you on your outer and just automatically um, assume what you can't do or what you're incapable of just by the looks, not even saying anything, just by your looks. And I get that all the time because I use a walker and I have a leg brace, so I walk slower. So just by looking at me, it looked like I need help all the time. Um, I'm gonna tell y'all something. I drive, I travel, I'm an author, I'm a business owner. Those are things that cannot be measured by looking at me. Oh, absolutely not, yeah. You can't. You, you you just can't. And that's what I love because I just wanna I wanna tell I wanna tell people and help people understand the confidence that you have should contradict what people think of you all the time. My uh the last interview that we posted was with a gentleman named Dave Stevens. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you know who he is or not, but Dave Stevens. Uh, as he put it, it's the greatest sports story you've never heard. Uh, he, here's a man who was born without legs. Yeah, who, yeah. Who got a tryout with the Dallas Cowboys. See? Boom. Yeah, yeah. just his his story Boom. is it's mind-blowing. The things that this man was able to accomplish. Yes, that is. Because it's the, it's the confidence in you. If you feel like you could do it, man, can't nobody tell me nothing. Now. And I'm going to prove to you um, what you think I can't do. Well, yeah, I get that. I can, I can definitely pick up on that from you. I'm gonna prove it. 
I love being that I love being that um that eyeball in the sense of you of of someone underestimating what they know about me or what they think I can do because now now that um now that people know my person well I don't want to say now a lot of people didn't know my personality. A lot of people, they just saw pictures of me with my walker. They saw pictures of me when I was feeling well. So they're like, oh, she needs help. Oh, I'm like, when they come, when they're around me, they realize that I can probably do more than they can. And they're they're full able-bodied. Yeah, I get this. I get the feeling that I get tired out being around you. Uh, <laughs> just, just, you're gonna run me ragged. <laughs> That's okay though. That's that's good. Okay. Listen, that's we're a, in this together. We're in this together. Absolutely, absolutely. So hey, let's talk about uh, a couple of the questions I always like to ask all my guests. Tell me what's the one single greatest piece of advice you've gotten that's affected you. Ooh, that's a really good question. I probably have to say, um, what's one single advice? that has affected you. I probably have to say, um, kind of along the lines that I've, what I've said earlier, um, that your life isn't for you. Uh, so the battles that, the battles that you face are not for you. Um, that really took me to a whole nother um, state mentally because this world can be, to can become so, self-orientated and about themselves and about them 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 all the time and that that whole sentence that line is such a selfless act it's just like humbling to the t in my view um that that your life isn't you're you're not living this life for you you're living this life for the next person that is selfless that brings your your whole situation all the way down because you're not thinking about yourself anymore. It's not about you at all. Nothing that you do is not about you. Nothing that you do is about you. Everything that you do is for somebody else because somebody needs you that much. Woo, that's crazy. That's deep. I like it though. That's deep. good. All right, so here's, here's the next one. Let's go. All right, so looking back over your life story, over your life's history, not to reduce it down to one sentence, but what's the most important lesson that life has taught you? You know what? The most important lesson, it's okay to not be strong all the time. I would definitely have to say that because um, I felt like I always had to be that one to fight, to press on, to smile. Oh yeah, I'm good. Oh yeah, I'm great. Oh yeah, I'm fine. Oh yeah, I'm not bothered. Oh yeah, no. Mm-mm. This this ain't no this ain't no big thing. I always felt like I had to be that one, but in retrospect, I was like burning and I was I was hurting. I don't want to say hurting, as if someone did something to me, but I didn't allow myself to process what I was going through so I can heal it. I I didn't allow myself because I I, I kept putting bricks and strength and fight in front of my feelings, and it just kind of like. I just like would just break down and felt like I didn't have anything in me until I just let the pride, whatever I was dealing with, until I let 
that situation get in my system and understand what I'm going through um that's when I kind of was able to process it more easily okay do you think that that had to do with a bit of because I get from your personality that you know as you said earlier that uh uh, you're a bit of a fighter and you're strong-willed and everything do you think that that bit of self-reliance affected your ability to not admit that you were okay I think so because I felt like if I showed a, a glimpse of weakness, I wouldn't be able to go through anything I was dealing with. If I showed a glimpse of I couldn't or a glimpse of question or, or a glimpse of doubt, then I probably wouldn't be able to go through it. So I kind of wiped out any feelings, any thoughts. I just kind of like made everything neutral as if I was like going to class, you know, like it's, it's not really a big deal. Um, I kind of looked at it as that because I felt like if I broke at any given point, I would probably not be able to, to, to go through the process at all. Okay. So a bit of going through the motions, just to get following the pattern, just to make sure that whatever needed to be got done, got done. Yep. As long as it got done, that's, that's, that was literally my mindset. I just need to get this done. Okay. So, and uh, clearly, you seem to be uh, much different today. Hey, let's go. That's right. No, I, I, you're, you're. I'll tell you what. Um, so the folks who are listening, uh, this as this being an audio podcast, uh, are not able to see your smile. And I'll tell you what, guys, it is. Uh, she has an infectious smile. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very upbeat. Very personable. Very, uh, very cheerful. And uh, I tell you what, it, it's, it's kind of hard not to, to watch her and listen to her and not smile uh, right along with her. So I see smiling. let's go smile. Smiles all the way around. That's right. Smiles for everybody. All right. So let's talk just real quick, um, a little bit more about your book. What's the name of it and where can people find it? Yes, sir. So the name of it is hashtag damage, but not dead. It's all one word. And you can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Barnes and Noble. You can find it on Walmart.com. Um, yes, Dam- damaged but not dead. Hashtag damaged but not dead. And you can either find it under the title or you can find it under my name, Dominique Jones. All right. Very good. And um, now you also mentioned that you're a business owner and that uh, the biggest, the business uh, slogan again, what was the name of that business and the slogan one the, more time? Yes, sir. The name of my business is, is called Salve, S-A-L-V-E. And that is basically an ointment for healing. Um, I definitely want to name it that because I just felt like that was kind of powerful. And my slogan that I use on all my merchandise is um, don't let the disability fool you. That's the name that, that, or my model, that's my model. So that's not everything. All right. Well, cool. And we'll make sure that uh, when we post your interview, that we'll post links for both your book and your business. Uh, that Thank way people you. can find you on, on both ends and, and uh, kind of help you out there. Is there any other, any other areas where you'd like to have people be able to contact you or a way that people can contact you? Definitely. So you can find me on Facebook under Domo Jones. Um, you can find me on IG under Dominique Jones. Um, you can find me on 
IG under author with earmuffs. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not that type to where I don't befriend people from my personal page. Like, I'm, I don't hide my page. I'm not that that rude person to where if, if I don't know you, we're not going to be friends. No, no, no. I'm as friendly as they come. We're about to be friends to the end. Friends to the end. <laughs> I definitely believe that. All right. Well, cool. Uh, Domo, this has been a very uh, encouraging chat. I think you're in a very encouraging person. And uh, I think your story uh, is something that uh, gives people something to look to. And I think that if they're able to get their hands on your book, again, that's hashtag damaged, but not dead, all one word. Uh, if they're able to get their hands on that, I think that they're going to be able to read that, get a laugh, a giggle or two, they're going to see your personality come through that book, get some smiles, but they're also going to get some encouragement. So yes, uh, friend, yeah, friends, check that out when you get a moment and uh, also check out her business. We'll have those linked in, in the bio underneath. So thank you very much, Domo, for being here today and being a guest thank and focus so on much. forward. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you again. Yeah. Bye, guys. This has been great. That's going to conclude us today for Focused on Forward. Well, that concludes another episode of Focused on Forward. To be a guest of Focused on Forward, you can reach us through Twitter at podcastfof, through our Facebook page named Focused on Forward, or through email focusedonforward at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told. So until then, be safe, be kind, and be loving to one another as you stay focused on forward.